Hey, it's part three of this podcast from May of 2013. Brian Charette, my guest, and our topic is the trio of Chick Corea, Miroslav Vitosh, and Roy Haynes. And here we go. Let's keep focus. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, folks. Crushing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're losing it. They're losing it. <laughs> wow. I should have listened to my mother, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Practiced. <laughs> she was right. See? Chick drank his milk. He practiced. Practiced his piano. Man. Um, I, you know, I practice very little. You know yeah, that, I'd right? I'll like tell you what uh, that music was. <laughs> Especially since we're on the air now, and I want to, so that it's not a mystery, sort of. That last little quick piece is um, called Children's Song Number 20, with some improvisation there. And then the piece just before that is called Piano Music Number 3. Both pieces I composed. And then that first real romantic-sounding piece was written by Alexander Scriabin in 1892, and it's called Prelude Number no. 2. And now Miroslav's going to carry you away someplace. Wow. Okay, so uh, not to take anything away from Miroslav's genius that he brings to this, which is rather prodigious. Sure. Bass players, uh, you might want to get ready to cry. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us, Mr. Piano Man, Brian Charette, and uh, keyboard man, um, what is what what comes to mind having just heard that solo, con brio from incredible technique, yeah, um, so accurate, you know. Um, yeah, there there is a great precision. About he it. has a lot of precision, you know. To me, that's that's the best thing about him is how precise he is. You know, I'm actually myself. I'm not precise. You know, so when I listen to him, I want to be more precise. <laughs> um, does yeah. that does that just come from? I mean, not, not that, from hours and hours and hours in the shed. Is that? Yeah, I think he practices a lot. Yeah, I kind of or get the or was then or some other like a lot, yeah, a lot of practice. People don't play like that. <laughs> people do but when they do they were practicing a lot yeah you know? now, and also I gotta say I mean it's not just like chopsmanship there's a, a, incredible ideas yeah, a, yeah as impressive is the flow of ideas and how he builds one on top yeah. of another and it just no, he's a genius he's a genius he's one of the true great you know jazz pianists surely you seem thunderstruck Gobsmacked. Well, this is my say. favorite dude of all those guys, you know, and uh, I, I, you know his recordings much better than I do. I can't think of anything that he ever committed to in the studio that is as mighty as that. You mean now the piano stuff? What we just heard, yeah. Uh huh. I don't know. What do you think? Hard for me to say because I love so many of the of his different periods. I was really into the electric band. Um. Do you find it just sounds like a different vehicle for him. It doesn't sound like he's thinking. I mean, he's surely thinking differently when he plays piano than when he plays synthesizer. But I, I hear him. You know, I hear his lines. I hear that Spanish influence, that mm -hmm. interesting rhythmical thing in everything he does, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, somehow the, the technique certainly is much more naked playing solo piano in of front course. of a live audience. I think it's the hardest thing you can do, playing solo piano. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, it's like, okay, Miroslav and Roy Haynes, you guys stand on the side, watch this. Yeah. That's a, that's a bold stroke, man. Well, I think they're going to get their turn next. Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. They absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. 
Man, this is... Uh, but he's an incredible, he's an incredible pianist. He has amazing technique and command of the instrument, you know, just masterful control. So much control. Yeah. And, and what better stage to do it on than the Village Vanguard? You know. That's a good one, obviously. That's, that's <laughs> kind of the place, like, all right, if you're going to bring it, if mm-hmm. you're going to throw down, yeah. do it here. If, yeah. you, if you got it, let's see it. And he's got it. Is that the last jazz club left, maybe, from... From then? The before time. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, the... Everything else is gone, kind of, right? The Blue Note opened right around then. Uh-huh. People think of the Blue Note as, like, you know, ancient, which mm-hmm. 30 years is kind of ancient. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was, if the doors had opened, they had just opened then. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think of what other clubs that are around now. Probably somebody's at home yelling, yeah, what about that place? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that place would be. There's, as far as, like, really of a jazz club... Five Spot is gone, right? Oh, yeah. It had been Many long years. gone by then. Uh-huh. Um, well, you know, Le Poisson Rouge, which is a fantastic venue, uh-huh. is where the Village Gate was. Uh-huh. And that's it's kind of remarkable that that stayed intact, and they're mm-hmm. doing a great job programming mm-hmm. that, but it's not the same entity. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, no, there's not. It's thin, man. Mm-hmm. It is thin. Um, you get outside of Manhattan, there's probably a few scattered spots here and there, too. Which so, but for New York City, maybe that's the classic jazz that, even spot Even then, left. it was. Yeah. Even yeah. then, you knew that was mm-hmm. the spot. Sure. You know, from all the live recordings that have mm-hmm. been there and just the feeling when you walk down those steps. Mm-hmm. If you're visiting from out of town and you don't know which club to go to, <laughs> go to the Village Vanguard. <laughs> that's the place to go. You went, you're going to say you went to New York? Yeah, what'd you do? Oh, well, we went and heard some jazz. Where'd you go? Oh, I don't know. It was just a lobby of this hotel. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, you want to say, we went to the Village Vanguard. Wow, you went to the Village Vanguard. Uh-huh. Oh, it's still there. Yeah. Yeah, that's the place. Um, well, I, this is just, uh, well, it's just a little bit of, of happy, dumb luck, man. We found this fantastic set of music that it could have been any other night. But luckily, they just happened to record that night, and it somehow appeared in the KCR archives. It's, it was a Friday night, so they sound like a well-oiled machine. <laughs> and I'm going to say probably not just from the fact that it's the fourth night. I think these guys are kind of in each other's pockets. Sure, sure. There's an incredible rapport. Yeah. You know, yeah. and they love each other probably. You know, which is at least it's on not the talked. Stand. Well, it's not <laughs> talked about a lot, but you know, a lot of these bands that really sound great together, like they're so into each other. Yeah, and the experience of being together. You know, um, and I think you can hear it with this. Yeah, it sounds like that with these three guys. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we've got a bass solo coming up, and we've got a drum solo coming up, and a little bit more of the three of them together. It's a live recording. Uh, this group has made several albums that you can go and buy. This just doesn't happen to be one of them. But uh, Now He Sings, Now He Sobs, is, which was originally released, I believe, on the Solid State label. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. And then later reissued any number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the time of this recording, they had recently made the album Trio Music. Mm-hmm. And that was the name the band was listed under. And uh, they later did Trio Music Live in Europe. I think that was about 85 or 86. Mm-hmm. That must have come out. And uh, there have been occasional regrouping since then of these three great, great musicians. And we're just darn lucky we have this. Brian Charette is my guest. The program's Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman. Let's go back down those stairs, 7th Avenue South, to the Village Vanguard. <laughs> 
on WKCR.
don't get mad at me. That's the way it rolls out. I'm mad at you. I know. I'm mad Everybody at else too. is. <laughs> I didn't cut it off. I didn't cut it off. That's the way it ends. It's a, it's a shame. It's a darn, darn shame there isn't more of it. But there is all that, which is so great, man. This is pretty uh, tough concert. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That was definitely worth the price of admission. And the crowd sounded like they yeah. really knew. Because, I mean, we got to remember. Okay, if you haven't been to the Village Vanguard, aside from me telling you, go now. Monday nights, as always, the Vanguard Jazz Orchestra, as it was then, so it is today. But uh, the place only holds 120 people, uh-huh. something like that. It's pretty small. And they were. Everybody in that room knew how smoking that set was. Sure. They were all on their feet, mm-hmm. digging it. This is Deep Focus. We take one of these rare archival recordings that no one's ever heard before from the WKCR archives, dust them off, bring in an assassin of a guest who knows the music and has <laughs> something to say about it. In this case, the live recording of Chikoria, Miroslav Bitosh, and drummer Roy Haynes, and our guest, Brian Charette. I'm Mitch Goldman. You're listening to 89.9 or maybe WKCR.org. And, uh, Man, that just uh, that show just gave me a haircut, you know. That just <laughs> <laughs> knocked me out of my chair, and I, I, I kind of lied a little bit because of the way that we presented the show. We did actually skip another couple tracks. Mm-hmm. We do have a little bonus, but what did I'm wondering if you had uh, last we spoke? We were leading into that monstrous bass solo and that prodigious drum solo. I know you're all about Chick. You were just waiting for him to come back. No, I'm all about all of them. Yeah. They're, in, they're incredible, technically, all of them. But, you know, not stiff. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, this is, like, pretty up there for me for piano trio yeah. music. Like, this is, like, some of the best stuff I've ever heard, I think, for a piano trio. You know, this music totally stands on its own, obviously, but it's sort of hard not to make a comparison between this and Keith Jarrett's piano trio uh-huh. that he still mains, maintains uh-huh. with Gary Peacock and Jack DeJunet. Sure. And both Keith Jarrett and Chick Corea coming out of, everybody always associates them with having played with Miles. Uh-huh. And uh, even almost at the same time a little bit. They're so different, though. They're so different. Those trios are so different. Mm-hmm. And uh, This is less serious to me, this music. Yeah. It has a, a lightness to it that I relate to maybe even a little more than the other group's music you know um yeah it's funny how aligned they are in some ways all mm-hmm. fantastic musicians and not taking anything away from mm-hmm. either group mm-hmm. but uh a real difference of the approach approach and flavor of it and my feeling when i'm listening to this music i just want to hear more of this this, this is my favorite band it's mm-hmm. my favorite band ever mm-hmm Maybe if I had just listened to that Keith Jarrett band, I'd feel the same way about He's that. He's also incredible, you know. Yeah. But uh, I love this Spanish influence of Chicks. He has like this melismatic way of delivering his lines, you know. One of my favorite things in people who play great jazz lines is when it has some sort of melismatic element to it. Like I was talking about Tigran Hamasian before, who I really like, who's a new who's a very young pianist now, um, he's from Armenia, and he has, like, this Armenian folk music kind of turns 
in his phrases. And w- when I listen to Chick, he has like this Spanish-flavored um, melisma and turns in his lines, which I find so interesting, you know. You don't usually hear people referring to melisma and piano. Uh-huh. I think it's very much happening in Chick Corea's playing, though. He almost, he has that thing sometimes of making it sound like he's bending notes on the piano. That's what it kind of sounds, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, you know, another thing I was thinking maybe you could explain to people if they heard unusual sounds from the piano, harmonics, mm-hmm. what's going on with that? Well, I don't know exactly, but it's prepared piano to a degree. It sounds like he has some glass things in the piano at a point. It also sounds like he was going through one of these very early delays. What was it called? Six, like electroharmonic yeah, 60 yeah. second delay. Because yeah. I think in one of the solo pieces, he was looping something that he played on the piano and then playing over it with this prepared kind of plucking the strings yeah. on the inside. Right. When you said uh, on the inside, glass mm-hmm. on the inside, you're mm-hmm. referring to? Putting something on the strings of the piano. Um Inside the harp. Yep. Yeah. A lot of people put paper in there. They detune it. It kind of all falls under the category of prepared piano, I guess I call it, yeah. which means just something else in there than is stock piano. Brian Charette, hardworking, busy man on the scene. How do people keep up with all the things you're doing? I have a website called kungfugue.com, which is kung fu with a G-U-E on the end of it. Um, clever, clever. My next, my next uh, performance of my group is on the twenty fourth at Shapeshifter. Oh, nice! I have a very good organ trio with Will Bernard um, on guitar and Jordan Young on drums, and I'm always playing around town uh, with someone. Um, be my Facebook friend, mm-hmm. um, and I'm very easy to find. Brian Shrett, C H A R E T T E. Correct. And uh, also something we were talking about off mic that we didn't mention is your semi-nearly regular column in Keyboard Magazine. Yes, I write a few different things for them, I guess. Um, I write about organ music, um, techniques playing Hammond B3. I also sometimes write about um, if they interview someone. Like this last few months, they interviewed Regina Spector and Donald Fagan and Ben Folds, and I would write articles analyzing they're playing i guess so those are all on my website too and in keyboard magazine which is on newsstands everywhere mm-hmm. where where brian charette kung fugue.com and uh shapeshifter may 24th Four. uh-huh there it is we are going to roll out with the last little bit of music that we got from these guys. This is really just a magical night. We just got the right band on the right night. Chick Corea playing piano and other keyboards Mm -hmm. and maybe some electronic toys along the way as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Miroslav Vitoš on bass, upright bass, and also maybe there's a little bit of electronic something going on there, but it's mainly him. I think it's just bass and the bow, and he has some reverb somewhere. Yeah, yeah. That may even be after what they were playing. It may be on the recording. I don't think so, because no. it sounds like it's uh-huh. contained to that one instrument. Mm-hmm. I guess it could be. I mean, mm-hmm. if they did a full multi-track. Yeah, play. I don't know. I don't know. And Roy Haynes playing the drums, and maybe that gong one time, too. That <laughs> must have been Roy. Who else could it have been? And um, I didn't hear it any other time in the mm-hmm. show. No, he's got a gong, I think. He's got a gong. Roy's got a gong. 
great, great music. These three guys are all, this was 30 years ago, these guys were all still making music. Maybe we can get them to get together one more time and do this because, man, that was a treat. That was a treat. What else do we need to tell the folks? You have a great show, and I love to come on. Ah, Listen to Mitch. Uh, you know, anytime you're here, man, yeah. it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a good run. It's yeah, been yeah. a good run. More to be, to be continued. I can't wait. Let's go back to the Vanguard in okay. the space-time machine. Heading south. Crank it up. 